Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 160 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jules Savage, coming to you from Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. This is episode 256 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. And in this week's episode, we catch up with Mike Railton to talk about his 2022 challenge of doing 100 hikes throughout the year. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Over the past few years, I've come across the occasional hiker who set themselves a goal around their hiking. Apart from planning and hiking specific trails, the two most common goals I come across include climbing all the local peaks in an area or doing a certain number of hikes over a defined period. In today's episode, we look at goal setting and hiking. Before we talk about goal setting, we catch up with hiker Mike Ralton to discuss his 2022 goal of doing 100 hikes in a single calendar year to see how we went. Mike, thank you for taking the time to talk to the Australian Hiker Podcast. Uh, Good to talk to you. Oh, thanks. No worries, Tim. Yeah, good to speak to you. Now, before we we talk about your goal of doing the 100 hikes, give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, your general background and your involvement with hiking. Well, I'm a 63-year-old retired high school teacher. I live on the Sunshine Coast with my wife, Jenny, and I've always enjoyed hiking and camping. From a very young age, probably ever since my parents took me camping on the Shoalhaven River down down the Yorway, I think it is. I'm lucky that I married a very keen hiker, and it was one of the things that we had in common when we first met, is that love of hiking. So, yeah, it's always been in my background along over the years. So, any holiday we've ever gone on in the past has always involved some level of hiking somewhere in the mix. So. That's great for my wife and I. Our kids weren't always so, quite so happy with that. But anyway, <laughs> about 10 years ago, we did our first multi-day hike. Uh, that was a 140k um, Hadrian's War Walk from the east coast of uh, England to the west coast. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and uh, by the time I got to the end of it, I was hooked. I remember saying to my wife, I said, I, this is after eight days of hiking, I said, look, I could turn around and go back and just do the same thing back the other way. I just, in, this is for me. Yeah, that was about 10 years ago. And so we've been hooked on uh, multi-day hikes since then. And it took until, you know, like I say, my early 50s um, till I actually got into some multi-day hiking, but I love it. So since then, we've done multi-day hikes in Australia, New Zealand, South America, Ireland, Wales, England, and even in Eastern Europe. We started out with staying in hostels and B&B accommodation. And uh, but since then we've progressed. Some people might say regressed to um, uh, accommodation in things like hikers' huts and our own tent. So 
even though I'm getting into my 60s, I've actually, I feel more fit for hiking now than I probably did in the past. So carrying a pack is nowhere near as much of a problem now. We tend to buy better gear too, so it's lighter. We can carry more. Just one other thing in the background, the, the pick of the hikes that we've done is probably the one in Eastern Europe. We did the European Peace Walk back in 2016, I think it was, and we hiked from Chopron in the northwest of Hungary down along the Hungarian-Austrian border and into Croatia, across the northwest of Croatia, through Slovenia, and we finished up in Trieste in Italy. And by the time we'd finished that, we really started to feel like we somehow progressed to a next level where we could achieve stuff that we just never imagined we couldn't in the before then. So, um, yeah, that's a bit about the background. All right. Yeah. Now we uh, we actually interviewed a hiker uh, a couple of years ago on the Peace Walk, and it was it was something I wasn't aware existed at that time. And it's sort of uh, yeah. Um, it seems to be gaining in popularity. Although I'm sure COVID's knocked that around a bit, but uh, it, it did. Yeah, they uh, actually stopped it uh, during COVID, and just recently I've uh, read that they've split it in two. That they've got one called the Hungarian uh, Walk of Peace or Friendship or something, and then. The peace walk then continues once you get beyond Hungary. So I'm not sure why that's the case, but they've split the walk up into two two sections now. Okay. Now let's talk about your hundred hikes in 2022. What made you set a goal to achieve a certain number of hikes in a year, and how did you come up with a hundred? Well, the flippant answer is that I I did I said it because I could. I mean, I actually had the time. Being retired, I could actually do something like that whereas when you're working full-time to think of trying to do 100 hikes in the year it would mean yeah roughly two a week for 50 weeks of the year I mean it's just something that would be unachievable uh, as a full-time worker so that's the first answer is that you know I was able to in terms of why well um, being recently retired I felt I really needed some sort of purpose some sort of something to get me out of bed and really motivate me and I think you know, realistically, everyone does need something to, to get them moving at, uh, during the day. So, um, you know, I needed a focus for the year, something that was that would challenge me, but um, that was achievable and um, something I could feel proud of at the year's end, I suppose. And um, goal setting sort of enables all of that to happen. So by setting a goal, it sort of meant that I, you know, had that to look forward to. So I was going to say, did um, did your wife join you on some of the hikes or it was pretty much you by yourself? No, she joined me on every one of them actually. And okay. she, set, she set her own goal at the start because um, I told her I was doing my 100 hikes and she said, oh, well, I might set my own goal. So her goal was to, to hike the equivalent elevation to uh, Everest and uh, it's something we achieved by uh, early May, I think, so – we didn't know how long it would take, whether it would take the whole year or not, but we did that by May. We got um, the 8,000-whatever 8, metres of elevation by the end of May. Um, in terms of why we chose 100, it just seemed like a good round number, you know, like roughly two a week. It seemed achievable but didn't seem easy. So, yeah, good round number. I thought, well, why not 100? <laughs> okay. Now, what sort of criteria did you put around the hike selection? Because re- really with this sort of thing, you could say, well, I'll do 100 one-kilometre hikes. I, I wouldn't imagine you'd do 100-kilometre 100, 100 hikes. So, yeah, you've, yeah, you obviously had a mix of lengths and, 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 uh, 
difficulty. How did, how did you pick that? Was it a, a well, trying to get a mix or was it, it was close to where you lived or what were the criteria? Yeah, that's a really good question, Tim. Um, and it was a real tough one. Like it should be easy, right? Do 100 hikes, just go out and start walking. You know, do it 100 times. But no, like you say, you know, what constitutes a hike? And uh, I even had someone said to me uh, oh, about halfway through the year, well, what's your definition of a hike? You know, is it something where you have to have a backpack on or is it where it's on an unformed track? And I thought, oh, geez, I'd never really thought of it in those terms. But for me, just the hike had to, was all about distance. And um, so I, I settled on a, an average of 10 kilometres. I thought if I average 10 kilometres a hike throughout the year, at 100 hikes, it's 1,000 k's. So if I'd done 1,000 k's by the end of the year, and I'd done 100 hikes, well, I've got my roughly 10 k's a hike. But like you said, you don't want to do one-kilometre hikes either. That sort of seems a bit pointless or, a bit, I don't know, a bit cheating. So I set a minimum for uh, five kilometres for the minimum distance because I thought if it's less than five kilometres, I don't really want to want to count it unless it's up some very, very steep hills, uh, mountain or something. So, yeah, that was a minimum of five k's. The only other strict criteria I had was that there should be no double-ups because, yep. you know, realistically I could have had a 10-kilometre walk that I did every morning and I could have had that knocked over in three months just by going out every morning and doing the same 10k walk. So I thought, well, it has to be 100 unique walks. And that had the added bonus, of course, of um, enabling me to discover all these extra walks that I hadn't done. And boy, did I. <laughs> Throughout the year, I, you know, I reckon a, about a quarter of the, the hikes I'd done before, and the other seventy-five percent were all new. So that was just that was fabulous. Now, where, what part of the country do you live in? Uh, Sunshine Coast. Okay, so and were most of your hikes around that area, or did you you spread yourself up and down the the, the coast quite a way? No, that's a that's yeah. Um, I certainly did all the ones in the local area that that I. Maybe didn't do every single one, but I did a fair proportion in the local area. But there's no way I could do the whole 100. I reckon I could have done, on the Sunshine Coast itself, I might have done eight to ten hikes. In southeast Queensland, probably 30 in, in total out of the 100. Um, that's only a rough guess. And the rest around Australia. So I came up with this idea of doing the 100 hikes while we were down with friends down in Victoria holidaying. And it was just before New Year's Eve at um, Mount Hotham. And um, it's, a, it's a fabulous place there for hiking. We'd been doing a number of hikes, like a couple of hikes a day. And I thought, well, at this rate, you know, I could really knock off a few. So from Mount Hotham through, we went drove through to um, Kosciuszko area, the Snowy Mountains, did some hiking there, including the, um, the summit track. Uh, and then... My daughter lives in Canberra, so we spent a couple of weeks in Canberra. And you, as you would know, Tim, and I've seen on your blog and stuff, there are so many hikes around Canberra. Yeah. So by by um, January, the end of January of that uh, of last year, I'd done 16, 18 hikes, something like that. And I thought, well, this is easy. I'm going to get this done, no trouble at all. Well, it didn't end up that way. It ended up being much more difficult than I'd imagined. <laughs> It soon became obvious I couldn't do all the hikes I needed in my local area. I was going to have to travel further afield. And I'd always had a, a bit of an idea that 
last year was going to be a year we'd do a bit of a camping trip around Australia. So we took the camper and we went to um, a whole variety of national parks, the Warren Bungles, the Flinders Ranges, Uluru, West McDonald's, Carnarvon Gorge in Queensland, in Western Queensland. So, uh, yeah, we did a big round trip through Australia and I got the probably, oh, 50 or so hikes that way and that certainly made a big dent. In relation to scheduling your hikes, was the plan to say, well, okay, we've got 12 months of the year and uh, I'm going to do roughly nine nine hikes a month or was it more about um, yeah, you're, you're in an area where you could do a lot in a short area? Well, the answer to that is probably yes to both of those. Um, yeah, I'd always had it in the back of my mind. I always thought, okay, you break this down. It's just, just over nine hikes. Yeah, nine hikes a, um, a month and I should have this nailed. But like I said, I got the 18 or something, 16 or 18 in the first month, and I thought, oh, well, this is easy peasy. This is going to be easy. So, um, yeah, had an overall plan to sort of go around Australia and do see various places around the way. I actually had it as one of my aims to start off with. It, was, it wasn't the cut-in-stone one. But it was one sort of like a supplementary aim or goal was to try and do hikes in every state and territory in Australia if I could. Yep. But I didn't quite get there in the end. Um, but as each went, month went by, I was just always conscious of how my progress was going according to you know, that average of hikes per month needed to get to the end. Um, and that got to the stage a number of times where I certainly fell behind on the average. The other thing that I had to think about um, that I hadn't really thought about before was the fact that if you're averaging 10 kilometres a hike and you've set yourself a five-kilometre minimum, well, you start doing a series of five-kilometre hikes in a row and all of a sudden the number of kilometres you need to do on other hikes starts adding up. Like if you do a 5K hike, you need to do really another 15K hike somewhere along the track to average out to 10. So if you do a whole series of short hikes, that means you're going to have to find a lot of longer hikes later on. And that became a bit of a problem too. Uh, unless you do something like the Bibbulmun Track or the uh, uh, some of the other longer tracks like the Heisen Trail where you can knock off 1,000-odd kilometres in one go. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you say, it's uh, when, when you set a couple of almost competing criteria there where you're doing distance, uh, minimum distance and, and an average distance, it, it does sort of mean you either have to do more than 100 hikes or you have to, as you say, pick up the average somewhere along the line. Yeah, and as it was, I actually had to pick the, pick the average up a couple of times. So it made, it made it tricky because, I don't know, as you go around, you realise there are heaps of short hikes. Like you can do hikes under between 5 and 10 k's. There's, there are quite a few. But once you get over 10 kilometres, they really start to reduce in number. And if you want to do a 20k hike or something to really boost your numbers, they, they really, you know, there's not, not very many. Okay, so... Did you achieve your goal of 100 hikes? Well, I'm very proud to say a big yes to that one, Tim. <laughs> and I feel proud saying it even now, even though you know, it's four or five months ago. On the 30th of December, on the route burn track in New Zealand, with one day left in the year, I did hike 100. So, yep, I cut it fine, I tell you. <laughs> like I said, it, was, it wasn't easy in the end. It was, it was uh, right down to the wire, but I did make it, yep. So really pleased with that. We did 100 hikes, 1,069 kilometres and 29,050-something metres of elevation gain. So 
That's pretty good. It was, yeah. And we finished with our last five or six hikes were in New Zealand. I was initially going to try and do every state in Australia, but ended up going to New Zealand in the end because my daughter decided she was going to do her 30th birthday over in Queenstown. Anyway, uh, we got a lot of those metres of elevation in Queenstown, around Queenstown. I was going, to say, uh, I was going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they really know how to uh, make difficult hikes. Okay, now, this is probably a hard question, but out of those 100 hikes, what were your top five and why? Oh, or if you're struggling probably, to do five, uh, yeah, even even three will be fine. So, no, I'll, I'll probably I certainly do five. There's there's so many good ones. Like, geez, I'll start with two shorter ones that we did, and they're sort of iconic ones that a lot of your listeners would have probably have done. Uh, the Cradle Mountain Track in uh, no Dove Lake around Cradle Cradle Mountain National Park. Dove Lake Track. Um, I think it's before you go up onto the the plateau above, there's a, a hike around the lake. It's about five or six kilometres. Yep. It's just beautiful. It'd be one of the most beautiful um, day half-day walks I've been on. As well as that, also in the same vein but totally different, I mean probably different in every possible way, was a Kings Canyon rim walk out um, between Uluru and um, Alice Springs. Just stunning. Like it's a national treasure. Those two hikes are just really beautiful short walks. Yeah. And um, if anyone ever gets a chance, like you, along with everyone else, because they're very popular tracks too, obviously. Um, the, the next two are two of my long-time favourites. So I did get to do a, a, some of my ones I like doing. Uh, one was the uh, the Shipstone Circuit at Lamington National Park and the other one was Coomera Gorge at Lamington National Park. So um, they've both got waterfalls, some of the biggest waterfalls in, in Queensland. Um, and Australia, um, like stunning river valleys, palm forests, escarpment views and so on. And with the Coomera circuit, there's also a special thing there that, um, well, special for me in a way. Um, there's a little plaque off to the side of a track near a lookout. I think it's called Joel Lookout. And it's to um, a memorial thing for two young girls who, who got struck by lightning back in 1992. They're on a school camp, and uh, the group was out with their teacher, and they uh, a thunderstorm came, and they were uh, sheltering under a big tree, a fallen tree, and these two girls couldn't fit under the tree with the rest, and they were about five metres away, and lightning struck them. And um, I've, I'm an ex-geography teacher, and I was taking geography school kids there every year on a uh, geography camp, and we would walk the exact same track that they were on. And within about um, a week after that accident, we went through the area. And, and um, I don't know, it's just I'm not religious, but I would always stop every time I took a group through and every time I go through there and then just stop at the plaque and just have a little little thank you to, um, I don't know, that it's never happened to me and, and just th- thank my lucky stars that, you know, as a teacher I never had to experience what those poor kids and that poor teacher had. And to think of it, just to shed a thought and think about them too. So that that, that walk's always been special. Yeah. And then the last one, the, the the number one walk, when I was doing the, the 100, oh, I was about halfway through the year and I thought, well, I really should finish off on something pretty special. And um, at, 
around that time, that was a time I found out from my daughter she was going to be in New Zealand and she wanted to celebrate her 30th with some family over there. So uh, over in Queenstown, I looked up um, the, the top hikes around Queenstown and I got uh, the Milford track, the Kepler track and the Rootburn track. And the reviews on all of them varied from you know, which was number one, which was number two, and which was number three, varying opinions on which was the best. And seeing the root burn was probably the closest to Queenstown, we chose that one. Yeah. And uh, ab- absolutely gobsmacked with the stunning scenery and the beauty of the, the track. It just had everything. So it was well and truly worth having as a, a number 100. It really was a special walk. Okay, that's good. I was going to say, so, I mean, how many hikes did you end up doing overseas? And I, and I assume by overseas it was New Zealand we're talking about. Yeah. Um, in the end, I managed to hike in every state and territory uh, except for Western Australia. So sorry to the sand gropers, but I swapped Western Australia out and swapped New Zealand in. So I did five, five hikes in, uh, in New Zealand all around the Queenstown area. Yeah. Including the root burn, yeah, yeah. No, I think there's. Uh, uh, it's on certainly on my list to get over to New Zealand at some point, but it's a, it's a matter of when. And I might be might be the same sort of situation as you. I might be re- when I retire or go. I'd love to do the uh, the Tayaroa track over there. Um, oh yeah, we've spoken to people who are on it, and they yeah they rave about it. Yeah. From your perspective, what did you learn? I suppose about yourself and about hiking from this challenge. I actually thought about this. It's a good question. I thought about this and um, I learned quite a bit. It's, it's, you think just going and doing something like this is a challenge to go and do it, but there's a lot I learned. The first one was that goal setting is a great motivator. If I hadn't set that goal of doing the 100 hikes, there's no way in the world I would have done it, no way in the world I would have seen all the areas of Australia that I did, um, no way I'd be as fit as I am. So. It was a really good motivator. And achieving a goal just does wonders for your self-esteem. The feeling when I finished that 100 hikes and my wife the same thing, we just looked at each other and like, it's just a sense of self-satisfaction and so on. It, it can't be beaten. So yeah, achieving a goal does that. But I also learned that when you're setting goals, it's important to think about the journey as well because – in those 100 hikes, it wasn't just about getting to hike number 100. It was about enjoying the hikes along the way. And, boy, did we enjoy some of those hikes on the way. Um, also learnt that um, hiking occurs in serious hot spots. Like you can go to some parts of the country and I don't I probably won't name some of the towns we went to, but you'd be struggling to get a hike anywhere within the vicinity of some, some of the places we stayed. And, yeah, there are other places like, like I've mentioned Lamington National Park a number of times. There'd be 20 hikes you could do there that were all around the 10 k's or more, 10 to 25 k's, out of the West McDonald Ranges with the Larapinta Trail and uh, not just the trail but all the other hikes around there, the Warren Bungles, Flinders Ranges. So they occur in hot spots. So you go to a place and you could find there are 10 or 20 hikes in the area. Australia is a big country. <laughs> It's one thing I learned, and it's so vastly different. Yeah. By the time I get out to the centre, it was the first time I'd ever been out in the centre, and I couldn't believe how different it was to the the world I'd grown up. I've always lived on the east coast and reasonably green most of the time, 
and to see the the starkness of the the center and how stunningly beautiful it is too. Now, probably one other thing I learned is it's quite surprising that you can can actually get fitter as you get older. <laughs> I actually felt fitter after my hundred hikes um, than I'd probably ever ever felt before. I felt more capable of climbing mountains and and doing long distance hikes than I'd ever felt ever. And so at sixty three, felt stronger doing a hike than I had when I was in my twenties. Yeah, I think it's it's often the way, isn't it? You know, you if you just just keep, you know, it's not a matter of about doing. 20 k's then stopping you know just doing 10 k's and 10 k's on average uh you know yeah. it, it, it really does build up the fitness and and, and i suppose i suppose that leads into another question is is have you maintained the the the, the number of hikes you're doing now or you've you've cut back a bit <laughs> i would i would love to say yes but unfortunately the reality is the opposite yeah it was a struggle to get the number of hikes in the end and then we've done so many good hikes well, we were, we finished off in New Zealand. I ended up doing the Kepler track after we did the uh, the route burn. So I, was, I kept it up for a few days. Yeah. Uh, but since then, yeah, oh, haven't done haven't done much. But the plans are to do some more. I suppose just thinking about uh, your your comments through there, was there were there any negative aspects of any, any of the hikes you did over the year? The way you you'd injured yourself, or you you just thought, why am I here? Or you you were you had a pretty good run throughout the year. Yes and no. <laughs> Had a pretty good run throughout the year. Mentally, I was up for it. I really actually enjoyed it and um, it was a good motivator. Uh, in terms of the injury, it's, <laughs> you've hit a nerve there. Like I was at the Kings Canyon rim walk and I got most of the way around. A stunning walk it is, too, just sensational. And we were that's about a six-kilometre hike. And before you get back down to the car park, there's a... A, uh, a track off to the side and it follows along the escarpment for about 20 kilometres. I think it's called the Giles Track. And my wife and I were just heading, uh, well, probably still on the track, just heading on onto the Giles Track. And I stupidly was adjusting my trousers and my uh, my belt on the um, the backpack at the same time as fiddling with my hiking poles and stepping down a series of stone steps. And I don't know what happened, but the edge of my boot caught a ledge or something, and I just was propelled through the air like this most ungainly swan dive. Hit my head, my ankle just exploded with pain. I just, I thought I'd broken it for certain. Anyway, I just did a clattered heap on the ground. Um, some hikers who walked past and saw it wanted to call a helicopter because it looked that bad. Um, after sitting there for a while and. Um, trying to move it and so on, I realised that it wasn't broken. I, I just managed to just um, hobble and it was a serious hobble and very painful down to the car park and I ended up with a, um, a grade two ligament tear and over the next week my foot went just every shade of purple and blue from the tip of my toes all the way through to my heel and it swelled up like a bloated fish. It was just... I saw it, I thought at that stage, well, that's it. I'm going to be out of action for a month or two. Like, like there goes the hundred hikes. I can't do it. Um, but with packets of frozen peas and um, lots of rest and elevation and uh, and nurofen, within a week or two, I was back on track with lots of strapping. Yeah. And starting out with only very short. I was doing only five kilometre hikes to start off with. 
but I was back on back on track within two weeks. Um, it meant that I missed out on doing. I was doing planning to do a whole heap of stages of the Larapinta, and that went out by by the wayside because you've been you've done the Larapinta, haven't you? Tim? Yeah, yeah. And it's certainly not something you would want to do if you've got a, a seriously crook ankle. So we did the, all the most pedestrian walks around that the West Macdonald Ranges, and. Um, and it healed pretty quickly. I was amazed at how how quick it did heal, and it feels fine today. So, yeah, that was a worry. I didn't think I was going to make it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take much, as you say. You, you lose lose focus for you know even a second and in, in the wrong spot, and uh, yeah, you, you definitely end up paying the price. Yeah, of all those like a thousand kilometres, and you just that one moment. That's all it took. Okay, so one final question. Where to next? What's your next goal or your next great hiking adventure? Yeah, well, I've got a big one planned for um, June. We're starting on what's called the, uh, I've heard it called this, the Great English England Crux Walk. It involves walking in the shape of a cross in the middle of England. And so the, the vertical part of the cross is the Pennine Way from Edale up to the uh, Scottish border, and then the horizontal part of the cross is the coast-to-coast hike. Yeah. So you do the Pennine Way, and then you do the coast-to-coast, and they they go they intersect at a town called Keld, I think it is. Um, so that's that's the next one. That's doing that in early early June, and then in um, August September September we're with hiking with some friends going to try the Malaveg in. Southeastern Germany. It's uh, referred to as the Painter's Way. It's about 110 kilometres. Um, all the famous painters used to go, and this the scenery's supposed to be so stunning. So that's our big trips for this year. Okay. And that's definitely some different sounding hikes too. Quite often we get a lot of people naming Australian hikes, but that's definitely yeah. definitely going to uh, be a, a quite a good experience. I'd be, be, be interested in catching up to you after you've done that hike at, uh, to see how you went with that one. Yeah, really looking forward to it, yeah. Okay, so we've been talking to Mike Ralton about his 100 hike goal that he undertook during 2022. Mike, thanks for taking your time to talk with us and congratulations on achieving your goal. Yeah, thanks for that, Tim. It's my pleasure. Enjoyed, enjoyed speaking about it. Okay, so that was, uh, from my perspective, a really interesting uh, uh, talk with Mike uh, Railton there uh, for a number of reasons. So I think what we want to do uh, in this final section of this podcast is we'll go over Mike's walk and at the same time, we'll talk about the idea of goal setting. And there are certainly advantages to that, as you'll hear as we go through this talk. Now, Mike's background, I mean, as he said, he's 63 years old, he's retired. So uh, from his perspective, he, he gave us a bit of his background and he started off saying one of his favorite walks is the Peace Walk in Europe. Uh, and we actually did an interview on the Peace Walk in episode 113 of the Australian Hiker podcast. So if you want to find out more about that, uh, listen to that episode. Uh, and we asked him why he went through and did 100 hikes. And he was quite honest in this one. First one was to get him out of bed. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's the thing as well. You know, when you retire, it's like, well, what do you do? Um, you know, you've, you've been doing something every day for almost your whole life and all of a sudden you stop doing it. 
what's going to keep you busy and what's going to keep you active. And that was one of the reasons. And I must admit, I did like the idea that, you know, this was a pretty extreme way, in our view, uh, to to get him out of bed. Um, Because I think sometimes, you know, when people do retire, they go, oh, well, I'll just take a bit of a break and I won't do very much. And, you know, and I think then it becomes even more difficult for them to continue on and to be active and to continue to be challenged. And we asked him whether his wife joined him on some of the hikes, and he was saying basically his wife joined him on all the hikes, but she set her own goal. So while his goal was to do 100 hikes, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, her goal was to do the hike the altitude of Everest. So they were they were doing the same hikes, but it had different goals. Yeah, and I I really appreciated that one because it was it was something that's been quite important to me and something that I um, guide and coach others in. Whatever you're doing, you have to have your reason for for doing it and for being there, not someone else's reason. And so I really like the idea that that uh, she did have her her own purpose. Now. Mike set his criteria for these walks, and 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 again, it's one of these sort of things that yeah, potentially you could do a hundred one-kilometer hikes and knock those out of the way Not pretty sure quickly. Sure, that a col- one kilometer is a hike, no. but you know, <laughs> and you could, you could do you know you could virtually do the same hike over and over again. So he decided to make his goal a bit more difficult. So he decided to average ten kilometers per hike, with the minimum walk of five kilometers. Uh, no double ups, so he couldn't just go walk out his door and do a ten kilometre loop every day. Uh, and every state in Australia, as far as he possibly could. This is sta- starting to sound like a maths class, isn't it? Really, <laughs> <laughs> he's a geography teacher. He could have been a maths teacher. <laughs> um, so this was an idea that he came up towards the end of two thousand and twenty-one, uh, and put into practice in two thousand and twenty-two. Now, he went on to say that, you know, within the first month in January, he'd knocked out, what, 16 to 18 hikes quite quickly. And on that basis, you think, oh, yeah, five months, he's going to have that done. Easy. <laughs> done out of the way by the end of the, end of the middle of the year. But as he said, he, he 30% of the hikes that he did, he had done before, uh, but 70% of the hikes were new to him. So, again, in setting a goal and setting the criteria that he did, he didn't just want to do the walks around uh, the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. He was trying to cover every state in Australia uh, and do a lot of the walks, which most people may not get around to. Uh, because and I think in all honesty, you tend to do the walks in your vicinity. And we've gotten to that stage as well, that we've pretty much done just about every walk within a three-hour radius or three-and-a-half-hour radius of Canberra. We've still got a few to do, but you know, we don't have dozens left to do. Uh, which means that you know, if we're wanting to do walks on a weekend, we now have to start doing overnight trips. We can't just do day trips. So again, you know, spreading yourself out, spreading yourself around the country, doing the big loop, uh, which people often do when they retire, uh, is certainly one option there. Now, in regard to his scheduling, so again, he'd obviously put a lot of thought and a lot of planning into this. Uh, we asked him whether you know the idea was to do roughly the nine and a half uh, sort of walks per month average, um, and he certainly said that was the the idea. He kept a track of making sure that he was doing at least those that that minimum per month um, and doing eighteen in the first month. 
and monitoring the hikes as he went. So ultimately, he did achieve the 100 hikes, but it took him until 30th of December. So pretty much the, the entire year. <laughs> it was the year. year. <laughs> uh, with his last last walk being uh, the the big one, if you like, and that was the root burn track in uh, uh, in New Zealand. And, and uh, you know, what came across was the, the sort of uh, initial euphoria and then the struggle and the challenge um, and, and ending with that, you know, euphoric sense of what a great achievement this is. So, again, he was trying to do 100 hikes at an average of 10 kilometres, so that should have been 1,000 kilometres. He ended up doing 1,069, so that was pretty good, uh, and 29,000 metres in elevation gain. So certainly Everest is 8,400,8, I think, roughly metres in elevation gain, so mm-hmm. pretty much, um, you know, almost pretty much Both three, goals met. three times the, the, the height of Everest over that period. Now, his top five hikes, and again, this is a very personal thing. You know, if, if we had have asked his wife, uh, she may have said something different. Uh, and every individual is going to have a different idea of what's a good hike or not. So two hikes in Tasmania, two in Queensland, and then the route burn track in New Zealand. Um, so Kings, Kings Canyon. Kings Canyon. Is so in NT. Yeah, in the Northern Territory, the Kings Canyon Loop. Two in Lamington National Park in Queensland. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember what the second one was in Tasmania. Dove Lake? Uh, Dove Lake, that's right. Yep, so Dove Lake. So, again, you'll find that you know, if I haven't – I've done a number of those walks but not all of them. Kings uh, Canyon is seriously my all-time favourite. Um, I did that many, many years ago and I, I just keep remembering it and whenever anyone goes anywhere near Central Australia, I keep telling them they have got to go and do Kings Canyon Loop. Whereas for me, I, I enjoyed it, but I'd I never put it in my top ten. So, Okay, so we asked Mike what he actually learned from this process. And again, this is the interesting thing through here. He said goal setting is the big motivator. And for him, it provided him with a target to reach. And in this case here, trying to do those 100 hikes in a year pretty much kept him busy for the whole year. <laughs> it kept him thinking. <laughs> kept him thinking, And yep. calculating. <laughs> it you know, you discovered that there are hiking hotspots around the country, and I'd agree with that. Uh, there are some towns that have a lot of hikes associated with them. Others, you sort of struggle, you might just have one or two. So it depends on the priorities of local government and whether you're attached to a national park or not. Uh, so it's interesting to see, but it's not surprising that uh, uh, you can find a lot of hikes in some areas, uh, and we are certainly lucky in the Canberra region, there's an awful lot of hikes that particularly fit his criteria, but also ones that were outside that as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a feast and famine and you have you have to know where to go, don't you? Um, Australia's a big country. and <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, and this seems a really obvious thing. I mean, you, know, you look at a map, it, it is a very big country. But if you don't drive all over the place, I mean, like we, you know, we – have driven to Perth in two and a half days. We've uh, we've regularly driven to Brisbane from Canberra in, I think... Maybe not say. We shouldn't say how, how fast we do that. <laughs> no, no, but, you know, we've done that on a regular basis uh, with, uh, you know, in one go, not stopping apart from, you know, having, having breaks and having, you know, having... And even then Tim has to convince me it's time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's the sort of thing until you actually 
decide to wander around the country and see what's there and you really do realise how big the country is. Um, and again, if you just stay in your local area, you tend not to think about it. Yeah, and, you know, you need some time to, to be able to do that. So, you know, for people who are working full-time on the average weekend, that makes it difficult. Um, there are only so many weeks leave you have a year. So, you know, it does make it a challenge to be able to do that. And it and it is a bit of a privilege to be able to do that too, I think. The other thing, as he said, was he was probably the fittest that he's ever been from a hiking perspective. And this was at the age of 63. When you're doing the hiking on that regular basis and you're averaging 10 kilometres a hike, you just build your fitness up. There's no doubt about it. The, the more hiking you do, typically the fitter, be, fitter you become. Uh, and that you know makes, a, makes quite a big difference. And he said while he has dropped off the amount of hiking he's doing now, uh, he's certainly got some big hikes, which we'll talk about in a moment. We asked him what the negatives were, and he said mentally there were no negatives at all. He was fine with continuing and, and doing what he was doing. Uh, the big negative for him was uh, the hiking Mataka, the Kings Canyon area, and he had a, a ligament tear in his, his ankle and lower leg. And that, from his perspective, he thought that, that's it, that's going to kill off his goal for the year. But he was lucky because uh, you know, he only ended up being off hiking for two weeks. And I think because he'd done so much hiking beforehand, he'd probably built up the fitness. Had he had done it just at the start of the walk or at the start of his goal, it may have been a different issue. But, you know, he was fairly fit even for his age uh, and he managed to recover from the injury and get back on trail, albeit slowly to start with, and build up the, the fitness from there. It certainly seems that he managed the injury and the return back to the, the hiking. So, you know, he was uh, quite sensible about it and made sure he didn't do further damage. And I think for me overall, I think one of the things that um, you, know, you don't tend to think about is let's go for a walk, okay, we'll go for a, we'll just drive an hour away and go for a hike or we'll walk out our door if you're lucky enough and, and go into the bush and just do a walk. Um, it's when you start setting yourself for a target or a goal that you tend to do more of it and tend to have something to work towards. And for me, the idea of this podcast came about towards the end of last year where I was talking to a few people that their goal was either to do something like this where they were doing 100 hikes or 50 hikes in a year or one of the common ones I was picking up over the last year was peak bagging, uh, doing a certain number of hills and there is a a goal that a number of people do in the Canberra region is to do all the trig stations, the summit markers in in the can, in ACT, and apparently there are a hundred and twelve of them. <laughs> uh, so, we haven't done them. No, we well we've done quite a reasonable. Well, we've done them individually. We yeah. haven't done them as as a block. No, and I don't think people do them as a block. They just do them over a period of a year, and some of them are quite easy, and some of them are quite short. Uh, it might only be one or two kilometre walks, uh, where others are a bit more comp complex. So as an example, uh, doing the trig station at the top of Mount Bimbury really is a 54-kilometre um, return walk. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's certainly uh, one of the bigger walks that you're going to have to factor in. But it also is balanced out by a walk that's, you know, uh, uh, there's a number of walks that might only be a kilometre or two kilometres long. So that's a pretty popular walk in this area, in the area that we're in. 
Uh, and I'm sure it's the same in, in other states and territories as well, where another one which I've heard of is doing the highest peak in every state and territory in Australia, doing the 10 peaks, the 10 summit walk in in uh, Kosciuszko National Park. So Australia's 10 highest peaks is a very common one as well. And I think that having the goal, having the target uh, makes you build up your fitness. And I know from my perspective, prior to doing the Bibbleman track walk, I, I had no idea what it was going to be like. So uh, that goal forced me into doing an awful lot of training and an awful lot of uh, getting my fitness up as best I could uh, in leading into that sort of hike. So whether it's doing the goal for the sake of the goal or it's the goal is to do a particular walk and as a result you're building up your fitness and training for that uh, certainly gets you out and gets you out and hiking. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think there are some other aspects around goal setting which is getting focused on something and also creating some enthusiasm uh, for it and some energy and and you'll need that energy if you know if it's a challenging enough goal you'll need that energy at some point in the middle of all of that so i think you know it's a good thing to sort of set a goal and see how you go now in talking to mike and as we as we discussed he, he did have an injury that almost derailed his 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 purpose his goal and i think yeah as i said if it had have happened on the first first couple of weeks of the year that might have had a, a totally different outcome but I think it's the sort of thing that sometimes you need to be aware that just because you've set a goal, if something does happen, if life happens, if an injury happens, if an illness happens, you may not be able to finish your goal and it's no good furthering your injury or making things so difficult for yourself just to try and achieve an arbitrary goal. Yes, you know, give yourself plenty of time to rest and recover and get back on track again. And if you don't achieve it, in the case of Mike, he achieved his walk on the 30th of December. So, you know, an injury can have a big impact, but you just have to go with the flow and, and, and adjust your goal if necessary. Yeah, and I think that adjusting the goal is probably the, the key thing and it could be that you redefine what your goal is or you create a pause and you come back at a different time. Okay, so again, the whole concept of goal setting and hiking, or, or for the, any activity for that matter, gives you a purpose to work towards, whether it's fitness, whether it's a photography, or whether it's some other reason. You know, work out what your goals are and see how you can go towards reaching those. And it doesn't have to be a big goal. Uh, it might be just getting out and walking once a month uh, is what your goal is. So it's really up to you what that is, and it's really up to you how you achieve that. Now, just to finish off with Mike, we asked Mike about what his next hikes were, his next <laughs> goals were, uh, and certainly he's doing a couple of interesting walks this year. He's uh, doing the Crux Walk, which is the Pennine Way, and the Coast to Coast Walk, which are two very popular walks in themselves individually, and he's combining them as, as two walk, uh, combining them walk after walk. And then the Malaveg Way in uh, Germany, which I hadn't heard of, which is another interesting one. So I have asked Mike if he'd be keen to come and talk to us again for both of those walks uh, later on this year because they're not common walks. That, I mean, the Pennine Way and the Coast to Coast Walk I was familiar with. The Malaveg just hadn't heard of it before. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about that walk. 
Yeah, it will be. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can catch up with him after he's been out and about again. Uh, He certainly does get out and about. And and one of the things I did want to say that, uh, you know, as we do the Australian Hiker podcast, we meet and talk with so many different people and so many interesting people. And they probably don't think that they're interesting. They're just doing some ordinary things. But you know, they're quite inspiring and quite motivational and I think it's just fantastic. Take take whatever you can out of this, set your own goal um, and see how you go. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.